0: it's all right I just want to start right at the beginning of your career and uh, what a career it's been my ad and uh, so right at the beginning with Thank rochdale you. and then being signed by harry redknapp's west ham united for 250k rising to 1.75 mil how was that like for a 16 year old uh it was okay to be honest i was um
1: i was always determined to be a goalie and to be the best and that and that was I was lucky that I was around the under-21s and the 16s of England and the 18s and the, and all the Northwest development squads. So I knew, I knew the kind of players that were at West Ham anyway, like the Michael Carricks and you know the Rio Ferdinand who was a bit older than me, Frank Lampard. So it was okay. I I, I didn't mind moving because when you when you're young and you're playing football and it, it, you're going nationally and then you're going internationally with like you you're, you're under-15s and under-16s, it was like. It was okay. It was quite comfortable really. And it wasn't really a shock like I'd been in you know, like a bubble at Rochdale. Yeah. And only at Rochdale. I believe you know, if you if you was only at Rochdale, you'd be like, oh wow, the world's opened up. But I was quite comfortable. I was quite um I'm self-motivated and mentally strong. So I just wanted to be the best I could be. And if I had to go to dunno, Iceland and play there and you know, or wherever it doesn't matter. I just wanted to to challenge myself. Yeah.
2: That's really? So that's interesting. So when you went there, you actually knew quite a lot of the lads who were in like, you're going to be in your age group at West Ham because of England. You, I take it, then.
1: Yeah. So like Michael Carrick and Joe Cole and Izzy Rick Penn and all the, you know, the youngsters there. The, you, you kind of like went with that because I was at Rochdale. There was players from Scunthorpe that were playing in the England team and the yeah. Sheffrey and, mm. you know, and like the Joe Coles and the Michael Couch. So <clears throat> excuse me, it wasn't like, um, I was meeting anyone different plus so they actually told me to go for a trial for a week before i actually signed there to see whether i liked it to see whether they liked me and uh yeah so it's like i went for the week i loved it uh they they wanted to sign there and rochdale needed the money so it was it was worked out perfectly rochdale had invested my the time in me growing up uh they got rewarded by getting financial gains and and, and I got to be able to challenge myself with better players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing.
0: Did you always know then from a young age you wanted to be a keeper? Because I know a lot of people, I, I think it was like Tommy Lee, who started his sort of career out playing outfield and then sort of went in the net and sort of found it was better at being a goalkeeper. Was, is, have you always wanted to be a goalkeeper then? Uh, no, I wanted to be a centre-half, to be
1: honest. I like playing centre-half and uh, I like tackling. I like the physicality of the game. But, you know, I wasn't lightning quick. I wasn't great, like, good on the ball compared to outfield players. There's a, a totally different, you know, there's a different level. There's the odd few nowadays, you know, like the Fabian Barthez and the, you know, the Edisons. And, the, you know, that's the new caliber coming through the Fabian Barthezes and then it's the Edisons. But back then I wasn't to the level that in the, of the England lot. So I knew I wasn't <laughs> going to be an outfield player. I was realistic. I'm realistic. If you're not good enough, you just hold your hands and say, you know what? I'm not good enough. So I went in goal and I, I could naturally catch balls and that's yeah. it. I could just catch balls and I like diving about. Like I said, I like the physicality. I like, I like getting stuck in, yeah. you yeah. know, I wasn't much for rugby, but I liked it because <laughs> you can get stuck in. Yeah,
3: it's such <laughs> an important position as well. Isn't it? because Nick's right, you, you don't tend to hear about about players sort of wanting to be a goalkeeper, but I think that I think that is changing now. I think goalkeeping is seen as such an important important position. I mean, you only have to look at, at this <laughs> this week just gone by. Look at Allison, who's widely regarded as probably best in world, as a as a couple of mistakes, and he, now he's terrible all of a sudden. So he's so important. The pressure, especially at that level, so high that. Yeah you you you've got it it's a really important position you've got to be on top of it yeah game.
1: i think it's a very i do you know I, be, I believe i don't know whether it's, you can describe it like this but i think goalkeeping's become more sexier it's more Definitely. yeah i'm part of an outfield playing group yeah. and uh, everyone wants to be a part of an outfield team so people are more <laughs> well i'm not good enough for going outfield let me have a going goal yeah that's what i believe the, the what's happening now um I think he's more sexy. I just used to remember going, playing football, and was like under thirteens, under twelves, thinking, God, if I had a girlfriend, she wouldn't be interested in me because I'm stuck in goal. <laughs> and that's that's the truth, you know. In in, in my school football, into house, I used to play outfield, and I used to be good at outfield compared to my other school peers. But on another level, I wasn't good enough. But I didn't mind going outfield for the school because, you know, girlfriends and that lot would watch me play, but. In goal it was like, it's not sexy, it's nothing, it's not part of a team, you're more yeah. of an individual. Now it's become your part of a team because yeah. you start the play. Gone are the days where you just bang, bang, bang. Yeah. It's more like keeper sets the playoff. Can the keeper find the central midfielder to start the play? Yeah. So it's evolved. Yeah. So that's why I believe it's more, it's more, it's more popular because you get highlighted more to be yeah. as part of a team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that started, that started with...
3: with you then. So you're saying, so Luke, that started with you, did it, Steve?
1: goalkeeper <laughs> goalkeeper
3: Yeah. I was going to
2: say um, like Manuel Neuer, I'd say, was probably the first that you used to see when he first started to play for Germany. And you'd see that coming out from the back, it was really from then. And then like overnight that summer, every premier league manager is like right we're playing out from the back like Noya was at the world cup it just seemed like 2014 was it or something when they won world cup yeah, yeah. just like from then onwards since then you can't think of a top team that's not had a sweeper
1: the funny thing is right when i was at derby county right um i was signed and nigel clough came in and the uh he said to robbie savage who was part of the team he said we're looking at a goal i know you mates buy but we're looking for a goal and we've seen one his name's Noya." We tried to get him. (laughs) Wow, I know. Yeah, it's like he ain't coming to Derby, is it? By a plane? Do you know what I mean? But people were already recognising what kind of goalkeeper was the future, and that was the person who could play out, read the game like a centre half. Um, And you know what? Nowadays. You're more grouped in with the defenders as a unit. So it's a, if you're doing a four at the back, you're more of a five at the back now, and mm-hmm. you all, you, you well, you, you train together really. Yeah. So it's uh, it's evolved. And back when I was growing up, it was definitely a separate thing. But you know, I would have, I would have, I would been determined to be better as an outfield player if that was the situation. Then, yeah,
0: yeah. So you was part of a cracking West Ham youth team. I know we've already mentioned a couple of the players like Carrick, Defoe, yeah. Cole and whatnot. So yeah. in 1999, you won the FA Youth Cup. What was that like being part of that squad and obviously winning the trophy? Do
1: you know what? It was really good because back then your dream is to win the FA Youth Cup. Mm. I know it's not highlighted like big time around the like the FA Cup or a Premier League game, but as a 17, 18 year old, because we won the under 19's Cup as well. There's an under 19's Cup and with the same team on the 19's Cup as well. But the other set, the FA Youth Cup was massive. It yeah. was massive for us. And we just, we just felt unbeatable. Like we, we just couldn't be beat. We were just invincible, really, because we had everything. We had pace, we had characters. We had a team bond as well, because we all used to go out on weekends and, and mm. socialise together. And you know what? That's what's missing. That's what's real shame about today the under 18s they can't really go out and mingle and that's you know it's hard it's hard for them now and and when you look back you feel how lucky you were to be able to literally go to the pictures or go to nando's or go to pizza express or go out on a saturday night together just to just to be together And we had that bond and it was good because when you're living in london and you've got michael Cow from newcastle and you've got other players from around the world sorry well around the world because we had australians in the team you had to mix because they were your mates yeah whereas a local team like a york who were good in that fa youth cup they were all local lads and maybe they had their friends where they could go out so you know what i mean they socialized differently and, and that makes a difference we were we were we were a unit put together i was from manchester you know people from all over the place all over the world so we had a good bond and that um yeah it means a lot to have a good bond in in it in a group and and we just kept winning and it was it it meant everything to us because we were West Ham, and at West Ham, if you did well as a youngster, you were playing in the first team.
2: Yeah, as it showed. I mean, the players in that team—we're talking about in th- in three cases—in Carrick, Defoe, and and Cole. Mm. Yeah,
1: uh, Richard uh, Garcia had a good career as well. Richard Garcia was well—he he did okay. He went to Hull and that like. He was Michael Carrick's best friend. Hmm. Um, yeah. So Richard Garcia, he did well. So, yeah, Adam Newton went on to Peterborough and stuff, and. Yeah, it was good. But like you say, they were they were they were three freaks. Really, you were like proper good. Do you know what I mean?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the careers they've had, ludicrous.
1: Yeah, and the the longevity they had, because they're all fit. They're all dedicated. They're all passionate. And they all just had that X factor in them. Yeah.
3: Was it something you were aware of, Stephen, uh, being at West Ham? Because they, they do sort of have an ethos, don't they, of of bringing young players through, it's sort of like what the clubs pride themselves on. Really, was was that something that you were all as as young kids very aware of? Look, we will get a chance here. We're at the right place. Do well, and yeah, we've we've got a great chance at breaking through
1: yeah because uh you know the manager harry Redknapp. you know he was he wanted to bring in the youth and we we looked up to the generation of Rio Ferdinand. who was a few years older frank lampard they were playing in the first team yeah so you aspired to be like them and in the changing room they were they were all in the same changing room which was great you could see the camaraderie and the banter and you could see how they operated and we 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 all thought if they can be in the first team so can we yeah. and that was it. it was good uh i don't i think it's more kind of separate now with academies and first team. So I think it's difficult because we we was in the changing day in, day out, having the crack, having the banter, getting, mixing in, it was amazing. So I was very lucky. Yeah.
2: Who, who would have been the keeper at West Ham? Was it his lot, Shaka his so lot,
1: uh there mm-hmm. was Shack Hislop, then there was uh, Craig Forrest, uh, Bernard Lamar was there, French goalkeeper who won the FA uh sorry, won the World yeah. Cup.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh then we had like Ludek McCosco was at there at the same time, just retiring. Yeah. So we had a good bunch, and Les Seeley was the goalkeeper coach, but was also registered as a player. Yeah. Uh yeah, we had
0: I had some good goalkeepers to to, uh, to bounce off and work with. Awesome. So we actually had a question come in from Joshua's father in law who's a massive West Ham fan, and he said that you made your West Ham debut in a 5-4 victory over Bradford City. Many yeah. West Ham fans think that's the best match ever in their lifetime. What was that like to play it? Uh, it was surreal. You know, I get asked a lot, what was
1: it like? Because we won uh, and it was in dramatic style. You know, we were down. Mm-hmm. You know, people were wanting to talk wanted to come off the pitch. They were fighting. They were wrestling for the ball for a penalty. Uh, people was trying to shoot from the halfway line against me. It was just surreal. Yeah, it was to be honest we, we scored a goal and to make it four all and Stuart McCall literally kicked from the kickoff because I was watching the replay on the screen of the goal and I was stuck and he missed the post by about half an inch. I'm not even joking, right? If you can get the live match or whatever, you'll, you know, the full match, you'll see. him. And I just casually went, oh, yeah, wide, got the ball and <laughs> carried on. But, it had everything and um, it was surreal. It was like I i was substitute. I'd just finished my warm up. I'd gone and got a shower to get ready to sit on the bench all nice and fresh rather than all grotty and sticky, you know, with all sand and everything on there. And I literally walked out and Shaka broke his ankle and, and I got on the pitch. And it was like it was like I was watching um, you know, uh, BBC, I was watching um, Oh, what's, what's it called with Gary match of, the match of the day. Yeah. It was like I was watching Match of the Day, but I was playing in it.
3: Yeah.
1: I had all the supporters everywhere. It was just surreal, but I loved it. Yeah. Well,
3: it's and you know what?
1: The, the it? lads looked after me as well on the pitch. The lads looked so good on the pitch. Oh,
3: that's good. But yeah. yeah. Not not many better games to to make your debut in.
1: <laughs> I know it was good. It was just, uh, yeah, it, yeah, thankfully we won. Trevor Sinclair at the end said, Stephen, we won. It's a great match. Well done, you. And I was like, yeah, we won. I'm getting a bonus, I got about a grand bonus for that and at that time I was
0: buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like then with all the fans, I imagine they were going crackers when it's a nine goal game, what What were the fans <laughs> like? You know what, the fans
1: are brilliant but it was like I was I was absorbed into everything, it was like I could hear the fans, it was brilliant, they were just wanting you to do well, if you're a young goalkeeper or even any young player at West Ham, they just want you to do well and all you've got to do literally is give it your all, never give up. Try for everything. Don't, don't be tired. Don't be, you know. Just give everything, and they'll they'll back you all day long. It's the it's the players that I've seen that have come that have not really been all in. Do you know what I mean you've got to be all in as a West Ham player, literally all in. You you do or die as a hammer, and that's it. And I I like that because that's why I was like with every club, I wanted to do everything I could to to help everyone. Yeah. It's great to hear that
3: because
1: us three are football fans, and yeah. it's more
3: frustrating than than a player doing what you dream to do, and, and
1: you, I, like you don't care, mate. You can't, you can't be asked. You look like you can't be bothered to be there. Just run, yeah. <laughs> just run, just run. It's, it's, I think the game's changing, though. Everyone yeah. sees themselves as more important than the actual club, yeah. and I believe that that's never that never should be the case. No one's bigger than a club, and. Um, it doesn't matter how much they're earning, it doesn't matter what, how how they see themselves. I believe if you're a player, you sign a contract, you give your everything no matter what for the team. And these people now are too, um, they're too protective of their own brand. They think they're a brand yeah. and that's not fair. That's not right. You, you sign for a club and you're part of that club, not a, a player who thinks it's all about them. Mm-hmm. But this is what the people are doing and it's not right, but you know, it's a business and it's not a passion for some people yeah. it's a way of, it's a way of just um getting a lifestyle that do you know what though those people don't last long they last three four years in a game and then they go oh where are they at? what they're doing well they just didn't care enough and that's the only reason because the talents there. they just don't care yeah. and that's a shame
2: yeah 100%. just thinking back to what you said there about the atmosphere um what i'm just wondering from a western perspective now. Yeah. What do you make of the new stadium? Because I loved Upton Park on my visits with Burnley, great, great ground. Uh, I just wonder what, how do you, think you felt making your debut at the Olympic Stadium?
1: I've never been to the Olympic Stadium. Oh, right. I've never been. I've just been playing, so I've not been to the games. But I've uh, I've spoke to people who were there, and they said that it's just not the same. It's not as intimate because you're so far away from the pitch. They've been saying. Yeah. They are saying that even the parking's <laughs> like there's no parking or anything. And I thought for me. When you're a West Ham player and you're driving up to the ground, and you're seeing all the people in the fish and chip shops, the you know the shops and the pubs and the bars, you're then on your journey, in, you are actually this is where your game starts. Yeah, because you see the away support, you see the home support. This is us. This is West Ham versus whoever we're playing, and and I like that. You're very intimate. Mm. So I, if if it's not the same, I don't know. It's like you say, it's more of a business, and 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 that's what it is. But yeah, I love West Ham. It was, it was really intimate. You know if you didn't do well and, and I didn't mind being told I didn't do well or I could do better. I wanted I wanted these people to motivate me because I'm on the same page as them. Yeah, so I didn't mind coming out of a car park and getting people banging on my windows going, come on, buy what well, we can win next week. Or, yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind. I was like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. So, yeah, it must be different now. I don't know what I know that I played at the uh, the hybrid with with, Ars- uh, you know, Arsenal with West Ham yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: and I've also played at the oh. new stadium. And the atmosphere was different there. And that's that's the only comparison I can do. Highbury was intimate and it was it was good. It was like a buzz. You know, the the fans were actually were like lower as well, a little bit lower. And it's like they're all looking at you and from every direction, from beneath you, from above you, from on top of you because it was so close.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Whereas the Emirates now it's kind of a wider. So, yeah, yeah, West Ham was more you're part right, it was of so it. Close, wasn't
2: it. Like it was brilliant, wasn't it? <clears> and it was brilliant.
1: <throat> remember, and like you said,
2: I've, I've, well, only been a couple of times in a way end, obviously, but both times I were behind uh, Rob Green. Hmm. And literally, if I'm I was like on the second row or whatever, and Rob Green's like there. It felt like I remember the first time we went, we got battered five three by West Ham. But um hmm. it was just weird because Rob Green was getting dogs abuse all game from Burnley fans because that's what we're like. But we yeah. were having great banter <laughs> with us because he was literally like as close as that wall is from my head. And I loved that. And end it, me would turn around. He was like thumbs up, and you know,
1: it's interaction, isn't it? That's what great. people want. Yeah, that's what absolutely. people want. That's why you go to football to to have that interaction, absolutely. to have that uh, connection with with the players, with with everyone, the ground staff, the secure, the stewards. It's all part of the. Uh, it's all part of the experience, and I love it. But yeah. you can't I do it right now?
3: No. Yeah. No, it's um, it's certainly a part of the game. Even with that sort of COVID and stuff that that's dying out, isn't it? It's fans are being moved further and further away from, or, or probably players moved away from reality actually. But, yeah, yeah,
1: they're protected, and yeah. you know the systems are. You're in and you're out. You know you're in and you're out. There's no like you can't mingle. You can't walk around the ground or you know it's very um sectioned off and. Yeah. Yeah. Limited. I, 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 When I finished playing, I had um, a season ticket for Liverpool, uh, and I used to take my boy, and I used to love it. Just, mm-hmm. but it was like you're in, you're in your seat, you watch the game, you're out. It was all like, couldn't really get to the players. I was like, go on, then get down next. I know because I know like uh, Hayden Mullins at Watford and stuff. So I said I went down to say hello, but he couldn't really come over really because he wasn't able to.
0: But yeah, it's, it is a shame. But But we love the game, don't we? We just want him to play, but yeah. So you worked under under some incredible managers while at West Ham with Harry Redknapp, Glenn Roder, Alan Pardew. Who did you feel like you learned the most from? Uh, Harry Redknapp looked after me, so I learned learned managing skills
1: off him. You know, I wasn't really involved with him. Well, it was daily basis, but not in his team consistently. So uh, I was just around him. He was more like a father figure. You know, he'd say, get on the bus, when I was younger, he'd make me go and train before games with the first team, which is like an experience, which is brilliant because you go in the changing rooms, you do the shooting at, uh, before the game. So he really mi- mixed me into the to the to to men's football when I was 16. So that was really good. So, you know, you treat people right. And um, that's what I learned from him. You, you do things right and you treat people like you like to be treated. And if you can help someone get advantage, get experience, then do it. Uh, Glenn uh for me wasn't strong enough as a manager. He wasn't strong at all for a manager. He would definitely uh, treat people uh, differently but as a coach, top top coach. Top coach never manager material for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's my that's my honest opinion. He was, a na- he was a nice guy. Honestly, the coach really nice, really good coach like detail but could he manage a manager characters? No. Nah. Yeah.
2: Big difference. Might,
1: There's right. a big difference. You've got to be the boss. Yeah. So when he came in, you know, he was saying you're all on a clean slate. Yeah, which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah he treat people differently. So you weren't on a clean slate. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of them, isn't it? Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> straight away. Alan Pardew, honestly, brilliant. I liked him. He um he had an awe about him. He was a bit of an eat. you know, he had a he had a he had a strut on him. Yeah. Um and a damp. <laughs> yeah, we used to call him Choco because if if he was chocolate, you'd eat yourself.
2: <laughs> I can <laughs> but, believe that.
1: Yeah, but then then he went to fondant because fondant's on another level. <laughs> with chocolate. If you went to ten reef, he went to eleven a reef. <laughs> yeah. you no. Know, but yeah. but I'm telling you, he's probably one of the best coaches I've seen. Yeah, he would literally <laughs> spend his time as a as a, you know. Off the pitch, he was oh, look at me, I'm I'm looking good. Yeah, which is fair enough. But on the pitch, he was a proper coach with yeah. the, the individual and collectively as a group. So he would be able to coach it, the whole team like amazing and link everyone in. Then after training, he'd, he'd take like Glenn Johnson yeah. to the side and and coach him one on one.
2: Yeah.
1: So you know what? You don't mind them characters because you think, you know what, you're a graft. you put your you put your heart and soul into teaching people how to be better and a coach.
2: Yeah.
1: But as a man, you used to think, yeah, you're having yourself. But no, there's no there's, there's nothing bad about that. No. I'm just saying it's not people Nothing <laughs> bad about that. It's just the way he was. And I'm being honest. I love characters like that anyway. Like, yeah, I Alan think you should have a bit Hardy. about your,
2: yeah, Alan back yourself. Alan me so much over the years when he's like, well, it was like whole player he started nailing to its side. Like, was it? david myler
3: david, david myler yeah. he? <laughs> and then he, and then yeah. he's a character i love that oh was that nigel Pearson? i'm thinking of as well Pearson held, Pearson held someone down but pardew had a bit of a <laughs> that where it
0: i'm like gonna say Pearson got on top of him didn't he? like pinned him down with <laughs> handle Do <laughs> yeah i love it
3: i think I, I think part of it might be a bit of an act as well you know if they build this around him then it's i think it's easier to deflect away from like a defeat or something i think I think a lot of managers do i think mourinho builds up some kind of acts i think mm. clock's doing it at minute for when the team's going through a bad a bad spell they can they can deflect they can go into put everything on me i'll take up pressure let's let players players play i think they might no be...
1: do you know what i i, I probably disagree with that because yeah pardu yeah, would take the blade would he he wouldn't do it he'd be honest he'd be straight yeah. up he He's one of them, you know, when you say you have a bit about you. Yeah. Well, he was able to say, do you know what? It is me and I am I am the manager and it is my fault. And and it is it, it was he, I know what you're saying, but I don't yeah. think Pardew for me was was that kind of the uh, manager, but maybe Mourinho is I don't know Mourinho no. and I don't know uh, Klopp, but yeah. for me, Pardew was like, yeah, he was all right. He was straight up. He was straight yeah. up. Like, I don't I, I, I thought it was all right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So moving on now to your time with Derby County and you had an emergency loan there for a couple of weeks in 2006 before signing permanently. Yeah. You wore the number 43 shirt in memory of your mentor, goalkeeper coach, Les Seeley, who sadly passed away. But how did it come about picking that number and did you, well, knowing when you wanted to move, did you always want to sort of wear that shirt number?
1: Yeah, they said to me, "What shirt? Your number? Number? Do you want?" And I just said, "Like 43," because I was moving on from West Ham, which he was like a big influence on my career at West Ham, and he was the one that wanted to sign me because I was—he um, was the main goalkeeper coach with with yeah. Harry Redknapp, and he said, "We're signing this goal. He's, he's a very good goaler." Yeah. So when he took to, you know, he was—he spent years on me, looking after me like a son. And when the—and um, when they said, "What number do you want?" Because one's gone, and you know, there was Lee Camp there and Lee Grant there. And I said, I'll have number 43, just because he shouldn't have died at 43. God took him away too soon. And that was it. And I, uh, I, I'm i I'm the most loyal person ever. Yeah. And uh, I remember uh, how I got to where I was and uh, yeah, that was it. And they were okay with it. And, and at that time, people were people doing mad numbers and stuff. And yeah. I just thought I wanted 43.
0: Yeah, it so says don't get Josh started on numbers. No, well, I,
3: I'm a sticker for my shirt numbers. I, I like my goal is to wear either one or 13. But when, when there's a story like that
1: behind it. Yeah. Do you know what? I didn't mind 13 because my, my mum was born on Friday the 13th. So all that superstition, <laughs> I didn't care. Yeah. So I don't mind 13. No, and then no. I got, I got to a stage where the manager wanted me to be the number one. So mm-hmm. I would wear number one because the manager said, I want you to wear number one. So I understand that, but goalkeepers won. Yeah. Definitely. I just at that period in my life, I wanted to represent because one wasn't available, thirteen wasn't available. I wanted to represent something that was that means a lot to me. It still means a lot to me now. Yeah, I think it's yeah,
2: great. It we lovely. had a player at Burnley who did similar, Scott Arfield. Yeah. He'd, have, he'd have annoyed you, Josh. He was a left winger, but he had number thirty-seven. <laughs> I think it was his best mate had died, and that was his yeah. age. And I think it's brilliant. It's what I'd do if I were a footballer. You'd look yeah, for something that means. Mean something to you personally? Yeah,
1: yeah it's something you're on the pitch and you feel like you're with that person, yeah. you know, and you're wow. and you're bonded, and that's it.
3: I um, yeah. i, I If there's a story behind it, I'm all right. <laughs> it's <laughs> just I know. Um, is it the Wolves goalkeeper? I know. I know they've retired number one,
1: but he still wears yeah.
3: eleven, and a goalkeeper number eleven.
1: I know it's, it's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Can he not have that yeah? Yeah. Some goalies are funny. They want one and they want this. Yeah, and...
3: yeah. I think that's it. I think that's probably what it is. He, he only wants to have the number one on his back, but
1: he's got two of them now, hasn't he? He's got two. Yeah, he better be twice the goal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm a massive Derby County fan, anyway, Stephen. And one thing that I've always wanted to know was in sort of 2007, 2008 year, the Premier League season obviously the disappointment of derby being relegated what was what did you feel like what went wrong in that season was it the pre, the probably, premier league yeah in the premier league season was it the managers or was it just like the dressing room uh, atmosphere what did you think that went wrong in that year we just weren't good enough hmm.
1: we yeah. just we went up too soon and literally you're chasing pigeons it's it's hard it's hard the talent that you're up against compared to what you've got now in the summer before that, if you, if you, if you're a a player, not at Derby County, and you're in the Premier League because Derby County, when you go up, you need actually Premier League players to come and help you out. Don't you? You need to buy those players. Now, this is what I think. I think you go up too soon. Players who think they're a product themselves, look at Derby County and go, well, they've just scraped up through the playoffs. They've scraped it all year, but done well and got. Why would I, as a Premier League player, go to that club because yeah. they're going to they're going to suffer? And that brings my point to people think of themselves first rather than oh that club there could do with my help. And,
2: yeah.
1: And uh, they just we just couldn't attract the players to keep us up. And yeah. and the, the whoever your manager that, no matter what money you had to spend, no one was coming. Mm. The, the troops weren't coming to come and help because we'd only just scraped up and people think, well, if, if I go to that club and they go down or they're suffering, then my profile as a Premier League player now will not be a Premier League player anymore. And I'll, I will be kind of like the say, I'll be I'll be the same kind of like player as them. And I'm not doing that. So yeah. what what players do, they'll see what they're doing in the summer. Then they'll, they'll assess how the teams are making, uh, how they're progressing in the first window. And then if they're doing all right by Christmas, they'll jump on the on the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. that's Makes sense. the that's the business though.
2: That's the First time we went up under dice, we couldn't attract uh, anyone, and we got the sum total of our summer business was signing Lucas Dukovic and Marvin Sordell, and we went straight back down. Probably the same thing. You just struggle, and then you come back the next time, you've got a bit more money behind you. Suddenly it's like, all oh, right, okay, and you get Joey Barton, and
1: you know, yeah, because what happens is you go down. Those players in the Premier League who have seen you in the Premier League think, do you know what? Those, those, that club's going to come up. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to that club, get them up, and then I'll be back in the Premier League. Mm.
3: Yeah, you're so, more exciting proposition, aren't you? Then you, you wow. sort of a bigger fish again, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because if you so if you get into a club like the Championship and you get them back up, you're a big fish. Mm-hmm. But we just didn't have that yo-yo effect. We went up. And we were so bad down, no one had come anyway. Yeah,
3: Yeah, it's, that's what
1: I think anyway, I just think it's, um, it's people not wanting to come to Derby County, but those people, they miss out, in my opinion, because they they're not involved in Derby County. And if you if you if you want to be involved in a big club with passionate fans, and that's that's a homely club, but a real good club, give it a go. Have a go. It's Derby County. Yeah, you can move. You can move on from Derby counter.
2: Yeah,
1: you can yeah. because it's a big club.
2: Yeah. What was uh, Billy Davis like, Steve? Because I've, I've always thought he, he came across like a really good manager to me. He, I don't know what's happened to him. He's just kind of fallen off the radar. Eh? It yeah, week. he's a man.
1: He's a really good man manager, but he just doesn't get on with the press. I don't think, does it? No, I'm not sure. He's not
2: a yes man. Hmm. He's not a yes man. No. And uh, you know, he's, like
1: them, he's not going to <laughs> Yeah, if if he's a yes, you know he's not he's not going to take flack off the board, and he's going to tell them he wants money. He's going to yeah. p- pick the team he wants to pick. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's very much he's not a yes man.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: did he? Did,
3: I think he went to Forest, didn't he? Nick, Billy he did oh, he
0: he did did very well with Forest, I think as well, because uh, obviously when he got us promoted, he played some unreal football with him, and then. Obviously, when you see him go to Forest, you think, "Oh God, he's just going to bring the same thing." And I think at that time, Forest were just better than Derby. Yeah,
2: but, um, he did a great job at Preston. And then, well. if I, mean,
0: I think, didn't he fall out with the owners or something? Something with
1: like the owners? What did he dis- didn't he disagreed with the owners or something? thought there was a takeover at, at Forest at the time, and I don't know. Something that's why I heard anyway. Something I think that's why.
2: Take- he, I know he quit Preston to go to Derby because he'd fallen out with the board at Preston. So it sounds like it's maybe a a common thing, but obviously. Yeah, he, he took Preston to play a final and then your West Ham team beat him there, of course.
1: Yeah, but but what you don't know, Billy Davis like travels the world learning football, you know? Yeah. yeah, he travels the world. He's like, he's in all the big clubs. He goes, he goes learning in all the big clubs, like the big clubs in Italy, in Spain, in Germany. He, he's proper educated. Yeah,
3: yeah it's, it's amazing. Like a you, you never get to see that as a, as a fan. <laughs> you just get to sort of see what, what the team does on, on a weekday. But yeah, you never really think about
1: how much... The background he does yeah. to bring... And then he, he brings all that knowledge, and all that experience of what other clubs are doing, what other teams have been doing, how their mm. pre-seasons are done, what games, what formations and all that. And he brings it all to the team he wants to manage. Yeah. But, you know, he was, he was a clever man. He's very
0: he's very detailed
1: mm. yeah. and he's a
0: winner. He wants to win. Yeah, yeah. It's great to see him back in English football, really, as soon as possible. I think it's missing a strong character into it really because he does seem like he's passionate about his job.
1: Yeah, so. Yeah, I don't think this I don't know. I think it's more like, um, in my opinion, the games going. you're more of a coach. If you're a manager, you're more of a coach. Yeah. You've got to manage. Uh, you've got to be like head coach. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, head coach that way. and the, the people you don't see really run the, the incomings and outgoings and that's basically you're a front man nowadays as a football coach but you never get the flack because it's always people behind the scenes that actually do the dealings and yeah. i think that's hard i think as a manager you should be able to pick your players um yeah. buy your players and then listen if you lose it's your fault yeah yeah, yeah. so directors of football and, and yeah things. but it's just it's business isn't it it's more of a business conforming all the rules all the regulations all uh how you behave everything it's, it's more into line with the real world if i'm being honest and yeah. and that's how it, i think it should be like that it should be in the real world it's not you know you shouldn't be able to i don't know spend what you like if you can't afford no. it you shouldn't spend it absolutely yeah and that keeps that keeps it real that keeps it real to life if, if you if you're spending money that you haven't got you, it's not right is it
3: no no and i think that's with with our clubs are coping in this pandemic and stuff that that couldn't be more true of, as of right now could it that people need to spend within the
1: limits? well they're getting bailouts from the premier league aren't they yeah yeah because but, the do you know if you think about it, the premier league needs these need the the, yeah. the championship and all the other clubs to actually survive because they're all bringing youngsters through and if they're youngsters haven't got a platform or a position to play in these teams to get yeah. experience yeah the, the house of cards fall don't they
3: yeah, we spoke to a few guests, and as much as you can play your academy football, and that there's no replication for for sort of league league men's football. You no, play as many academy games as you want. You, you're not going to get that experience that you got beating Bradford five four <gasps> in part with those fans who, who care, un, unless you're doing it. That no game's going to replicate that.
1: No, I just think it's like uh, you know, it's competition, isn't it? Yeah, you know you. Yeah. You can have a kick about with your, your family or whatever or your cousins or whatever uh, uh, do, mm. but you, you go on your Sunday morning and you're playing against another team that you don't know. There's a different there's yeah. a different mentality in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not you're not at a wedding kicking a ball with your family and it's all a bit, oh okay, just tip-tap her. Yeah. yeah. You want to yeah. win, don't you, on Sunday yeah. with your mates. And that's the same with, with academy football. It's it's more there's a different listen, it's it's good. I think academy football is good for technical ability, yeah, but the competition and the aggression and the passion is totally different, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. What's riding on it? You know, we've had that many players who were saying, you know, they're paying for them, they're paying for the mortgage from the win bonus and everything like
1: that. I do also I do also think that the academy academy, like 18s, 23s, they're actually learning, right? So I've been doing some volunteering at Burton because I think it's, it's good that I give back some time while, while the pandemic's going on. Like I was saying before, you know, under 18s, I used to go out and that lot and, and yeah. be, but they can, they can't do that. They can't go to the gym. Yes. So when I'm there, I've actually learned over the last couple of months that it's more of an education rather than the competition. There's, there's a balance. You can give guys competition to, but you need to educate them on how to play. So after a game, it's more of more like an open speech, like the players will say what they feel about how the game's gone Yeah. in real in, in men's football in the competition, the first team football, it's your manager speaks. So there's a bit of a trade off. So yeah. the competition is not the same, but the values are just the same because one's learning and one's trying to win. These mm-hmm. are winning, but trying to learn as well. So. But it's it's different, yeah. But still good if you know what I mean. I'm just after the game, all the, all the under 18s like have a, like a say. Well, I think I could have done this, or what about this? Could we have done this? And I'm thinking, Do you know what? That would never happen in a first team dressing room.
2: Yeah, you know? just get pinned up. Yeah.
1: It would it would just be the manager says you should have done this because the manager's in the highlight and he's the one that's in the spotlight and he's the one that people look to to answers for why you didn't win. So it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all getting like um, real life. As a kid, you go to school, you learn, then you go to work <laughs> and it's the real world. Yeah. Not the learning. You know what I mean? It's it, yeah. it's literally parallel to that. And everyone will understand that. You go to school, you learn, you go to work and it's a different kind of learning. It's real.
3: Yeah.
1: You make a mistake and it costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: no, it's a very good way of putting it. So there's one thing that I I especially want to know about. So when you're playing in in like professional clubs with West Ham, with Derby County, what's it like battling for that number one shirt with the other keepers, the other professionals that are there? Is it like um, you're supporting each other or is it quite a big rivalry to sort of get into that first team spot? Some characters take it personally and some
1: characters are, are, are selfish. What the big players do And you'll know by watching how they rotate and they're not that, you know, what the big players do, they know that football is a team sport and you have to back yourself. And you have to focus on yourself. So I was always focused on myself. Uh, Sorry, I was always focused on myself, but aware of the team. Yeah. Yeah? So that when I was called upon, I would be the best I could be for that team. So I would help other people because I would want their help from me. Now, these players who who are not interested in helping anyone else and their head is down and they focused on themselves and it's all about them. Yeah. But come on a pitch day and you need your mate to help you out. Is he going to be there if you're not one of them people as a team player? No, they're not. So that's why all Liverpool, all the top players seem very relaxed, don't they, about not playing or being in a rotation because they know they're going to play. Yeah, so that's that's what I just I just liked learning off other people, even if it was the goalie who was playing. I used to learn off him because mm-hmm. it would help me, and that's the way I saw it. But other people, you could see they were bitter and twisted, and they say, "Oh, he had a bad game. I should be. He had a bad game," yeah. and I would think, do "You know what? Focus on yourself because if he does have a bad game, it's actually nothing to do with you, and it's the manager who will pick you to take his position. Mm-hmm. But if you focus your energy," on somebody else, that's not doing you any favors. And I was always a believer in you look after yourself. And if you can help people out, you help people out. So if I was second choice, whatever, I'd want the keeper to do well, because I want the team to do well. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because if you're in a part
1: of a team that does well, you're doing well yourself. And we had that we had that Derby league grand league camp, we all wanted each other to do well because we all benefited because the team would do well. Your profile would go up and everyone was a winner. There was no, there was no downside to that, but that's sorry, that's,
2: that's how it should be. But I've always obviously wrongly, I guess, in your case, Stephen, but I'm sure it mustn't be the case for all keepers. I've always thought because it's such a specialised position and you know, you gonna have maybe three at a club more so than a midfielder or a centre back or a right back, left back striker. Yeah. <clears throat> You almost do need an error or mm. an injury before you get your, your crack at the whip. So I've always thought it must be a really different
1: viewpoint as a keeper, but perhaps not. But you're right, though. But in, in football, the keeper does get injured. Yeah, he does make a mistake and you will get your chance. Yeah. You've got to be patient. You've got to be focused and you've got to be just focused on, on doing the right thing in life and the right thing in life is thinking of the team yeah that's that's the right thing to do and that's what i've been brought my dad was a big football fan you know my uncle was a big football they used to go to every game they used to take me to every game and that is the life of a footballer and that Mm -hmm. is life of a footballer as in football is a life you're you have football in your life i have football in my life Mm -hmm. and uh, you want your players to be a team player and that's what i think and that's how it should be but People people are selfish in this world and people do think that they should be playing no matter what, yeah. but they, they just end up losing out and not lasting long because it's a team game and managers managers look at characters. They go, yeah. should we sign that character? What's he like as a character? They'll ring the manager. What's he like? Well, he's a bit hard work if he's not playing. they will go, I ain't buying him then. Yeah, boom, excellent. Yeah. Boom, boom, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. I think your, your mindset, if, say you have been pestering manager for a chance as well. And first choice keeper does get injured you're then going into that mindset of, right, this is my chance, I need to take it. Whereas you should be, right, I want to win this for the team. Surely you're putting more pressure on yourself. If you're building up your one chance that much, and you, you've, you've got to then perform, aren't you? Whereas if, if you've sort of worked as a team player, obviously you've still got pressure on you, but, but you've still got the same... Goal that, that you would have when you're not playing. You want the team to win. You want the team. Well, it seems,
1: I mean, listen. As a player, there was nothing wrong with a player going to a manager, going, "Why am I not playing? Yeah. Uh, what can I do to to even have a chance of playing?" Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, the manager picture picks the team, and then you have to respect that and you have to get on with it. But you know, I've been in. I've been in seeing managers and going, Gaffer, is it your lucky charm? <laughs> you know, do I, am I going to play here or what? Is it your yeah. lucky charm? So I've been in that position where I've not been playing. And I'm basically asking what can I do to, mm. to, to even be involved? Because that's it. You you want you want to play, but you want to know why you're not playing and, yeah. and what, yeah. what can you do to you know, Billy Davies said, Stephen, you're a fat bastard. Get back, get, go do some running in the morning. So that's what <laughs> I did. But I knew if I didn't do that, I wouldn't play.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, but I like I like competition and I always enjoyed. It. I learned a lot from everyone. And I think no matter what industry you're in, you can learn from the man who's next to you doing the same job. Yeah, definitely. Best yeah. attitude to have.
0: 100%. So on a personal level, then with Derby County, what's been your favorite ever moment in a Derby County shirt? Um,
1: Obviously Wembley was really good, but I liked, I liked the whole year. The whole year for me was like one big ride and it was amazing. Yeah. And it was from, literally i spoke to my best mates when i signed there and i and i was only there a couple of weeks and i said you know what we're going to get promotion here okay. i had that i had that feeling inside me that we've got a good group of lads i knew what it took to to go up in the league and to have a good bond and we just had that we had leader. we had so much experience and, and and talent so i knew it and it was all the season from going to south end and winning to to playing at home and winning and going away and the journeys going to you know Phil who used to do the the, the packages you, for your food to go away with on a, on a bus journey you know we wanted to win for her she was part of the team you know the Jeanette in the office part of the team you know yeah. Linda you know Claire these you know what it was like everyone and I just remember it being one amazing year and uh, there's not one thing that stands out you know I could say Wembley and it was a it was brilliant but it was the whole year. If if I'm on it, that first year at at, at Derby and
0: I loved it. Yeah, I'll tell you. I don't know what was yours,
1: what was yours? What was yours that season or what was yours? What's your big memory?
0: I'm going to say it's got to be that goal, isn't it? From like, I think there were Giles Barnes, weren't it, in that team when? Came on, yeah. I'm going to say because he had an injury and I think he had an injection so he could get through that game, didn't he, as well. It's just like, that's the passion you want. because Obviously, he's desperate to play in that game. And then obviously he's putting ball in for Pearson Sardin in for goal. But then you feel like you're holding on, don't you, as well. So the pressure,
1: no, the he, pressure at a, last
0: 20, 10, 20 minutes, you're just thinking, fucking hell, come on. <laughs> but but you know what? Throughout that yeah. season, we were good at holding on. We were good, yeah. at, we were
1: good at nicking a one nil. So we always felt confident. It's just a shame, you know, Seth Johnson got injured as well, didn't he, in that game? Yeah. Well, and right. he was a big influence on that uh, that that team. They big
3: favourites, West Brom, going into that game as well. I think. Yeah, there, and say, South
1: so. and Southampton, the team, the team before, and the, we were we were the underdogs, yeah. you know. And that's what I'm saying. When you're the underdogs and you go up, no one wants to go to you in the summer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I suppose he's a forgotten player, isn't he as well, Giles Barnes? I think he's playing out in America. At the minute. He does
1: a, yeah. He does a few things in America. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's a young lad. He's, he's good. He's uh, he's had a few bad injuries though, but he yeah. still come back and. You know what? He's a he's a proper humble lad, but you mm. you know perceptions are different. He, he's from Derby. He's a local lad, and his dad's a really nice guy, and he's a really nice family man. Mm. But he likes he likes fashion, and he likes designer clothes, and he likes looking the part, and he likes his hair being nice. And
0: there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, For that people, that. people you need people to hook on. him up with some accessories, Stephen. <laughs>
1: Nah, you have to pay for him. I've got a business partner. She doesn't let me give anything away. She's,
0: <laughs> she was,
1: she was like big in business, so I'm learning yeah. from her. But um, yeah, he'll come out. He'll have to buy it from the website.
3: <laughs> bio, if you're watching Giles,
1: yeah, <laughs> you, you can afford a cat, mate. It looks good on you as well.
0: <laughs> oh, really? So. Right, well, fast forward then to your time with Burton, and then you linked yeah. up with your old old manager Nigel Clough. How did that come about with linking up with Nigel? Is it like, like you said, like you said earlier about him recommending and sort of joining back up because you knew how hard you worked previously?
1: Uh, I came back from India, and I was uh, I went to train at uh, Barnsley. I did a few weeks at Barnsley just to take over and just to uh, to do some training, and then Robbie Savage rang me because he's a mate of mine. He said, Oh, the gaffer Nigel Cloughs rang me. See, see wh- if what you're doing now, uh, now you're back from India. And I went, Oh, I'm available. I'm just training and keeping fit. And he said, Oh, he wants you to come and train at Burton. So, uh, yeah, I just went there. I got on with, with Nigel Clough because he's a good man manager. Yeah. He's a man manager. And you know what? He gets, he gets the best out of the club mm. from having nothing yeah. or having very little. Do you know what I mean? Or. He's very economical that's a good word he's economical with his uh with his findings and then he just he makes people think about who he's signing and why he's signing and then once he actually signs and plays them for a year they know why yeah I, you know he he gets the he he squeezes the real everything out of, out of um, a club and when he came to derby i got on with, i got on with him um and he you know he it's probably one of them where he had to get rid of me to get his new players in, yeah. um, and I was I was quite happy with that because I knew it was I knew it was it was business, and I didn't I don't take anything personally. If he wanted me to go, if any club wanted me to go, I I would go. But then he he realised how what what my what I could do for him as a job uh, on a pitch. He knows I was always super fit, and he knows my attitude was a team player. Okay, and I was on a free because I'd gone back from India, so it's a no brainer. <laughs>
2: Marco O'Brien said he was a top bloke as well, didn't he? Yep. He's a man yeah. Man manager. Yeah.
1: Man manager. He treats you. He's got. He's got a son, so he treats you like. You know, if you need a day off to go to a funeral, no problems. Or if you, you know, if you day off here, no problems. You know, if you've got issues, he'll understand. He'll, he'll, he'll help. He'll try and help you. So you know.
2: I know when Marco O'Brien, when he obviously re- sadly had to retire so young.
1: I know what a nice like guy he is, by the way.
2: A top bloke. And one of the first calls he got after he retired, despite not playing for Nigel Clough for seven or eight years. Yeah. Nigel Clough rang him up. If you need anything, let me know. Yeah,
1: yeah he and does. That, like. I've been, that says a lot. Yeah. I've just been to Mansfield because uh, I went, to, I watched uh, an under 18s game because I've been helping out at uh, Burton and, that, and the manager was there. And I spoke to him and he was, he was enjoying it at Mansfield. Yeah. He's, 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 uh, he's enjoying it, but he was always saying, if I can do anything, help you out and no problems, he will. Yeah. He seems seems a really nice nice guy from from what you and
3: and Mark said, and I think he gets quite a bit run fair fair criticism because he's, he's done a really yeah. good job at a lot of clubs. He's, he's yeah, you don't get. You
1: know what? He doesn't get. He doesn't get the
3: opportunities that he should get, yeah. which is strange because you you don't get to manage Sheffield United and Derby County, massive clubs like that. If if you're no know good, and for some reason, yeah, he, he, he doesn't seem to get any chances now, which is.
1: Doesn't get the opportunity you see people go on the merry-go-round of the managers getting jobs when they've not yeah. been successful yeah mm. look yeah. at phil neville where's he gone yeah. <laughs> well i wonder i wonder yeah. why phil Neville got that job yeah well it's his friend is not it but you know yeah it's his friend but that's fine but what what's he done as a manager yeah
2: absolutely one of the biggest things in football as we all know is nepotism though certainly when it yeah. comes to on the managerial it's, it's always like a bandwagon isn't it i mean
1: It's not necessarily results, it's not necessarily results orientated, is it? No, No, definitely not.
0: Right, if it's all right, Stephen, we've got a a five question quiz about all of your career. Go on then. Go on, Josh, I'll let uh... (laughs) you So
3: Yeah, uh, so we do this with with everyone. It's called the the Tommy Lee Pro Five Quiz because Tommy was the first to get five out of five. So he got (sighs) Uh, so, yeah, he set a high bar for goalkeepers. (laughs) Jesus, go on. (laughs) So yeah, just just five questions all about your career. So, 24 Premier League appearances split between West Ham and Derby. Uh, Who did you make the most Premier League appearances for? Derby. Yes, 18 for Derby, 6 for West Ham. Uh, Number two, you received two red cards in your career. Who were they against?
1: I was playing for West Ham against Millwall. Yeah. And I was playing for Derby against Ipswich.
3: Correct. Um,
1: so first off, the Millwall one, I mean, that, that's a fiery game. Uh, I know, it was a cup game, and I took, uh, there, was a, there was a right after, the, I literally, the horses were on the pitch, as soon as I got, basically, I came out, and I took uh, Neil Harris out, I literally took him out it was a tackle, It was a 50-50, and I was like, I was 75% there already, <laughs> and uh, it wasn't a 50-50, so I, I took him out, and then... Yeah, I got sent off and there was like people on the pitch, honestly. The horses were on the pitch and stuff, you know, the police horses. Yeah.
2: Or oh, was that the game where, did, didn't, didn't a boy get stabbed? Was that that game?
1: No, I don't think no, that. that. That
2: was, that was like, an effort. That really Cup game. how oh, was it? Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a nasty game, that one, innit? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got, we lost and then Neil, Neil Harris was actually at Millwall when I, when I signed there and, and I got up really well. He actually helped me with my coaching badges, so he's a yeah. great guy, but yeah. He recovered in, all right. <laughs> the the Ipswich one, I watched that on YouTube
3: earlier. A, a clash with Alex Bruce that looked nothing more than handbags really.
1: Nah, do you know what, he kicked me on the corner. Before the corner he literally came up to me and booted me in the ankle. So I said I'm not having that ref and ref the didn't, ref didn't see it and I said I might have, don't know, just said I didn't agree with it and he sent me off as well and that was it. I said, I couldn't believe I just said to him, Alex, what, what are you doing kicking me? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't, it didn't touch, I didn't, didn't touch, I walked off, Untrue. <laughs> yeah. Looked, he looked a harsh red. Um, you no, know, because nobody saw me, nobody saw him boot me, he just literally ran up and just booted me before it, nobody could see it. No.
3: Strange. <laughs> um, number three, you kept well over hundred clean sheets in your career. For which club did you keep the most clean sheets?
1: It's gotta be Derby County, hasn't it? It is Derby County. Forty five for Derby County, 21 twenty one West yeah even for Wednesday and fourteen for Burton. I always think you don't get anything for a clean sheet. I'd rather win. Yeah,
3: that's true, but it must it must be nice looking back and thinking
1: um, not, No, not no I was never I was never I'd rather win ten ten nine. Yes. I was <laughs> yeah, honestly, clean sheet for me, it's, this, it's, the, it's a nice statistic yeah. for a eh, but I'd rather win the game if rather prefer, than a draw, prefer, that's me.
2: Prefer the 5-4 to
1: a oh, three 1-0. All, <laughs> all day long, I'd rather have the worst game ever
2: get yeah. sucked
1: and lose and win than yeah. going you know what I mean, that's me. Yeah. That's
3: brilliant. Um. Okay, so... Number four, you're three from three so far. Which teammate did you make the most appearances alongside? Now, I've got a choice of, of three um, Gary Teal, Stephen Pearson, or Robbie Savage?
1: And he's quite, well, he's very close. <laughs> well, Gary Teal and Stephen Pearson came at the same time. Robbie Savage, probably Robbie Savage, because I played with him under Nigel Clough as well. It was, uh,
3: Gary Till was 87, Robbie Savage 88, Stephen Pearson was 90, 90 appearance.
1: <laughs> oh, that, that, do you know what? That semi-final, that final just cost me a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got, he got the winner, so, you uh, like <laughs> Four out of five, I'm gutted. Could be three out of five. <laughs>
3: Uh, right, so um, number five. We've already mentioned your West Ham debut in that game against Bradford. Who did your Derby debut come against? Hull. It was Hull City. Two-one win uh, away. Well, it was, so I was looking into this. Was that the day that you signed as well? Certainly, the same day it was. It was announced.
1: It was. I signed the night before. Late, late no. the night before, and then it was. Okay. It, the paperwork went through, twelve o'clock on the right. just literally before the, that last day.
3: Well, that, but, I mean, that's great for fans, that We've signed a new keeper and he's playing now.
1: <laughs> I know, yeah, he's great. It was great for me. I was like, I've traveled all this way. Will the paperwork go through? And it will. So hopefully, and it did. So I was lucky.
3: Amazing. Um, that's it, Stephen. Thank you so much for giving us your time. And I just oh, that's all right. It's so amazing to hear the footballer who's clearly so passionate about the game. Um, yeah, it is amazing.
1: I want to be honest, do you know what I mean? I don't. I, I'm not gonna mess in around. I'm just wanna be honest and tell you how I feel and what's what goes on. Yeah, we've we've absolutely loved it, mate. I hope you've good been... thank you. No, thanks yeah. very much for asking me as well. Brilliant. Oh, I really you. appreciate it. Stay safe.